Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Miss Ashley Williams of Fit Body Bootcamp, coming to you from North Scottsdale, Arizona. Ashley, what's going on? How are you today? Hi, thank you so much, Joe. Uh, not much. It's a beautiful day in Scottsdale. Yes, love the weather in your part of the country. Unfortunately, I'm up in New York right now, and it's a little bit lovely over here, but... <laughs> I'll save my woes for another day. Anyway, Ashley, obviously we're here to talk Fit Body Bootcamp and how you put this gym into place as a business. But before we go head first on operations and day-to-day and, and what it looks like for you, I want to hear a little bit about how we got here in the first place. And so when the thought occurred to you, hey, I think I want to open up my own gym, when was this? When did this start stirring around and how did we get here? Great question. So it was around 2017 and I'd been personal training for about nine years. I'd grown my business as a personal trainer, as a lead trainer at a boutique gym in San Diego. And um, I had a small baby at the time. So we were thinking maybe second baby. I wanted to kind of find time in my or find a way to get more time in my life and not be working from sun up to sundown and uh, so I wanted to either hire trainers underneath me or do the brick and mortar thing do a uh, gym and Mm -hmm. either train or find other trainers that could then alleviate my need to train and I could just be the business owner that's eventually what I decided to do when I found Fit Body Boot Camp. That was the perfect scenario for me. Um, I loved that it gave me support so that I wasn't doing it all on my own because the, the idea of starting something right from scratch was very daunting to me. I definitely knew uh, training, but I didn't know how to start a business. So having the Fit Body franchise and all of the support was very, very helpful. And, uh, you know, who to use for a broker and how to know what kind of space to find all of those things the marketing assets all of that was really nice to have laid out for me so I didn't have to come up with all of that Um, and the the idea of having only 30 minute classes and they're run what by coaches very easy setup seemed to be a little bit easier to implicate or put in run in motion quicker I thought that that would help my business grow quicker too. Yeah. And, and we could spend an entire episode, I'm sure, talking about the pros and cons of going the franchise route and, and right. all the good things and, and that come with that. We'll have to save that for another time. But here you are now with <laughs> Fit Body Bootcamp. I think most people know, most people that listen to this podcast actually know what Fit Body is. And so we don't need to do a tremendous amount of work explaining it. But for the most part, group classes. That's as you described it. The classes is the meat and potatoes here. Right. Talk to us a little bit about what someone would expect if they're to walk through your doors. How do you describe the training? Great question. So our big um, attraction to people is that it's a judgment-free zone. 
You come into a Fit Body Bootcamp, you're immediately greeted. People know your name. We're going to introduce you to people. It's a small group setting. So everyone always reaffirms that with us that, wow, I felt so supported, so welcomed immediately. I felt like I had a Fit Family day one. And so we really do try to make it very, very supportive. As an owner, I also felt very supported in the organization. So it's it very much top down that supportive feel that Fit Body just brings. And so I wanted, if definitely where we geared more towards women, but I wanted men and women to feel very comfortable walking in our doors that yes, it's a boot camp, it's a high intensity workout, but it's only 30 minutes. You can pretty much push yourself for 30 minutes, no matter who you are, and everything can be tailored to where you're at. So it's very modifiable, very make it very manageable for whatever level. So we have people who have never worked out a day in their life and they always ask me, can I do this? And we say, yes, yeah. absolutely. And we've had professional athletes in here. We're in North Scottsdale. We're blessed with some beautiful athletes in our area. Um, so they come in here to stay in shape in the off season. And so they're working out next to people who maybe have never worked out before and they each in yeah. their own way can push each other. It's really cool. All aspects. All right. And, and that's, that's tremendous. And you mentioned both men and women. Do you find that it's skewed one way or the other? For sure. Fit body does tend to attract women more. Typically women 30 to 55 is the, the range that is the most um, seeking our services. However, in our area, I don't know, we tend to have more, we have about a quarter of our members are men. So, um, okay. and that's growing so all the time. Amount. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so we have, uh, we've identified somewhat of an avatar, right? That makes the marketing game infinitely more effective. We know who we're trying to speak to when it comes to growing our membership. And so talk to us a little bit about the marketing that goes into this. Obviously, everybody in the fitness industry loves referral, word of mouth type activity. Definitely. There are tremendous needs, free, probably a pretty easy sale and a high quality customer. Yes. But we can't we can't really rely on that, right? It, we may get 10, 20 referrals one month, we may get none for the next couple months. And so what do you guys do to take that a step further? What's what's the proactive strategy? So I've also been very lucky to, I have a child in the school system right near us. We have uh, three large elementary schools in our area, as well as um, a private high school. So we've got a great school system. So I like to sponsor as much as I can at the schools and be very active in the school. So I'm meeting a lot of moms, a lot of, I'm in a, a McDowell Mountain Mothers group here. So I try to get, because in North Scottsdale specifically, it's very much a um, who do you know community. They want to know who you know. They we, we definitely are present on Facebook. We have Facebook ads out there, but everyone does, right? It's very competitive. So they want to know who their friend is referring more than uh, the ad that they see. But the ads definitely help keep that stream going. But for me, definitely being present in the school systems on uh, having an active presence um, in the neighborhoods has been yeah. a really, really good, big help, which unfortunately has taken time to do. So that one's kind of a longer, Worst. Yeah. in the meantime, the Facebook ads were, were helping us out. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think typically successful businesses have some combination of a number of things to your point. Yeah. Is it referrals? Yes. Is it 
Facebook ads? Yes. Is there other community events and, and different sort of pounding the pavement, quote unquote, yes. type strategies we can go with? Yes. The more resources we have or the more fishing poles in the water we have, the better chances that we have of actually bringing in interest. I want to pick your brain on the Facebook ad side of it because it's a bit of a controversial idea in at least within fitness because either people love it and swear by it or people demonize it and think that it's a waste of time and money. <laughs> How successful has that been for you? Well, I definitely think you got to be out there. If you're not on Facebook, you're losing out on some yeah. being in the competitive edge, right? Everyone is out there. So you got to at least be out there rubbing elbows with, with the other people who are out there. So, but we don't get the, um, the clicks that other people, places do so our cost per lead is very very high but still I do that uh, just to have that presence right but where some fit bodies can get three four dollars per clicks ours are like depending on the season 20 to 40 dollars per click so it's very yep. it's a lot higher um, who's running that is that done at the local level or is that done franchise so now franchise is helping us with some but it's primarily local it's primarily myself I see. okay so a bit of both Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, the, the metrics that you mentioned cost per click or then further down the line cost per acquisition are right. really important, right? It's in a, in a small business like this, we need to be really cognizant of any kind of money going out and making sure yeah. that we can bring money back in. And to your point, marketing is a series of activities, but just generating leads at the end of the day, doesn't do much for us until that lead turns into a paying customer. We need to, at some point, collect some dollars for this to be meaningful. Exactly. Get us to the next step in the process, Ashley. And, and so once we've identified a lead, be it from whatever source, right? Referral, Facebook ad, walking off the street, whatever source it comes from, walk us through a typical sales process to go from lead to now signed up paying member. Great question. So that's definitely been refined a few times, right? <laughs> so, so far, uh, luckily people respond these days to the text, um, the introduction through text a little bit easier. Um, we still do a text with a phone call. So we try to get both, but um, they typically like at least a follow-up with a text that, hey, this is who we are. We're trying to get a hold of you. You looked into our ad that we're doing. We only have a few spots left. Would you be interested in securing one of those spots? And here is what we're offering in that promotion. So we, do, we, are, we are doing a 28-day promotion for a very low, uh, our low, low barrier offer, basically. And uh, people like to try before they buy, so they love that option. They want to come in and try sure. it out. Um, we offer, we've kept the price. We've gone with a really low amount, and we've done it kind of more on the expensive side. So we've kind of found a happy medium for what we offer. We found that offering more with it is more what people were looking for, at least in our area. Right. So we offer, you know, an in-body scan with that 28 days. We offer a strategy session with me as I'm a nutritionist. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over all of your diet. And so they, they like getting those added benefits. Um, so we, we definitely explain that to them at the very beginning and tell them we want to get you on the book so we can schedule that with our nutritionist and that that immediate accountability and offer that we're going to hold your hand through that first month we've got you we're going to 
help you find out what a jumpstart truly looks like and how getting healthy really can be an easy process. Uh, we'll show you how that's been our window. That's how we kind of get them excited about it. Yeah. Who in your business handles most of that process? Does it run through you or are coaches chipping in as well? Great question. So it used to be all me. <laughs> that's a lot of the big, big uh, request. So now I've actually hired an administrative assistant that uh, he now does that preliminary step for me. He gets oh, okay. the leads booked and gets them excited. And then I will call and finalize that appointment, introduce myself, um, make sure they know what the process is for coming in on that first day. And um, then our, our show for those appointments has been much higher. Yep. And so we're having some success. We've put somebody dedicated in place to handle what we would call the lead nurture aspect of it to make sure that they're actually showing up. I think that's a that's an unacknowledged part of the sales process. We could have all of the leads and all of the appointments, but if people aren't actually making it to the facility, then we're not going to sell anybody. Yeah. And, and just having more at bats, even if we aren't great in the sales process, just having more opportunities will lead to a better result in the end. And so with all of that being said, now we've got this member signed up and coming to classes, utilizing the service. Do you track average length of membership? Is that or, or something lifetime value? Are these things that you guys look at as a business? That's a great question. I actually haven't done length of membership. Uh, we do conversion, so lead to membership conversion tracking. And then we have um, at FitBody, we have these milestones that we track for people at 100 classes, 200 classes, 300 and so on. Um, we will celebrate their year sometimes if we are catching that, but mostly it's mo the milestones. Um, so for our people, it's, it's a big moment for them to get that first star at 100. We've even got someone now who's at 1,400. So I've got to come oh. up with something very big and special for her 1,500. Um, so when they see that, then other people want to have that same kind of recognition. Um, so that becomes kind of the the draw to keep going is to hit those milestones, get the t-shirt at 500, get the different t-shirt, more elaborate t-shirt at a thousand, you know, things like that. Right. Um, so that's more how we try to keep it exciting for them. Um, but that's an interesting question. Maybe I should track the length of membership, average membership. Our people do tend to stay though. We have a pretty great, once we get our small amount of leads to convert into a trial, usually the trials will stay with us. And so yeah. that first trial is definitely, we take a very big um, responsibility in that first month to make sure they, they want to stay. And once- And set they, people up for success, right? And set them up for success, exactly. If they see results, even it's a fine, fine amount of result, they will want to stay and see more result. They'll see that it's working. Yeah, understood. And and so gut feeling people are sticking once they come in through the doors. And, and if we're to take a step uh -huh. back and think about all of this in the philosophical marketing and sales funnel, lead gen way up at the top, sales process in the middle, and then retention down at the bottom. Where of those three do you think that you guys could improve the most when it comes to growing your business moving forwards? Great question. So it was retention for sure, but that was mostly COVID related. 
Um, people yeah, hopefully we don't have another pandemic here. I know it's skewed my fingers crossed. <laughs> I know. It's definitely a skewed uh, stat right now because attrition for a long time was was really difficult when people would want to stay out of loyalty and they would make it for so yeah. long a year even never coming in and then they're finally like you know what i supported you for a year i still don't feel comfortable coming in so i'm gonna cancel it's like okay so now that that's kind of getting out of our way it's really not an issue here anymore um Retention's always my big focus. I always want to make sure that they they love it. They're always loving it. They always want to stay. They're referring now people. Um, so definitely offering referral incentives is a great way for us to keep our retention high. Mm -hmm. um, so that's always my big focus. I definitely yeah. think we're good at getting them excited once they're here. I want to keep them excited years and years after. Um, it's a whole lot easier to grow a business if there aren't holes in the bucket, right? Yes. We're signing people up, but just as quickly people are leaving. Yes. We're sort of on a hamster wheel. Um, and yes. so it sounds, I mean, from the outside, it sounds like maybe a little bit lead gen and turning up the volume there as well yeah. as a focus on retention. And, and so for you, I mean, this whole conversation has been growth of a business. How do we go from A to B? For you guys, at least in your current location, is there a, a target, hey, we want to get to X amount of members or X amount of dollars in revenue? What are the, what's the goal longer term? Absolutely. Because me, of course, I'm always looking for how to um, really have the dream of being just the business owner, just the entrepreneur. How do I step back the next step, the next step? Um, so at a 150, that's our first milestone as a team 150 is where i told my team once we get there you're, they're all getting bonuses i can then most likely take another step out of the management role and potentially hire someone that would be a manager or even assistant manager to me something yeah. where I, i'm not here all 100 directly in with the members i can kind of have that buffer person Mm -hmm. um, so that's my ultimate dream is to have that buffer person. So I'm not so in it. Um, and then of course our location is, is a, one of the larger ones. So the ultimate goal is to grow us to like a three, three, even 400 member ultimate, um, member facility. Uh, then it's just running itself. I probably won't be involved very much at all, but that's maybe my five, 10 year goal. Uh, hopefully five years. I don't know. COVID. <laughs> It Hopefully was no more COVID is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's tremendous. I mean, the facility that you're in, you guys really set yourself up for success in the beginning. You are, are profitable at the level that you're at, but there's still so much more opportunity for you in the long run. And so Absolutely. how can we get to that next level? I think these types of conversations are incredibly important amongst the gym owner community. Yes, we yeah. are a people who typically put passion before profits, but those things don't necessarily need to be exclusive, right? A lot of the time they go hand in hand more so than anything else. And so, Ashley, I think that's probably a pretty good place to start to wrap this whole thing up. But before we get out of here, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they can learn a little bit more about your business. Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can they go? 
Thank you. Absolutely. We're everywhere, right? <laughs> so all of, web, them. all of them. Yes. So we have our, we have two websites. We have nsfbbc.com and we have it also spelled out North Scottsdale Fit Body Boot Camp.com. Um, and then of course our social media is North Scottsdale Fit Body on Instagram and North Scottsdale Fit Body on Facebook as well. We're even on Twitter. I just, um, I'm on Twitter a little bit with North Scott Self Fit Body. I think actually Twitter is NSFBBC. Um, so yes, we're very active on there. We like to see comments and we comment back. Uh, both the comments come from myself and my admin, Zen. He's amazing at uh, making sure people are heard and, and if they have comments, we like to comment back to them. And DMing us is a great way to get a hold of us as well. Yeah. That's tremendous. And so connect with Ashley and the Fit Body team on all of these platforms. Ashley, this has been a whole bunch of fun. I really appreciate gym owners coming on here and, and sharing their tale and yeah. what their thoughts are, what, they, what they're what they working on when it comes to running and growing a business. So I really, really appreciate your time and yes. wish you nothing but the best moving forward here. Thank you. And I sure appreciate you giving other gym owners the opportunity to hear from each other and and help each other grow and help each other with something maybe I didn't think about. So thank you for doing what you do. Absolutely. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Chris and Ben from X4 Fitness in Birmingham, Alabama. What's up, guys? How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you. Doing well. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today. I appreciate it. All right, so let's waste no time here getting into the details. What is it that made you guys want to own your own facility? How did this all come about? How did you get started? Yeah, uh, my name's Chris. I was a founder of, of X4 um, back about probably four years ago. Um, X4 Fitness really started out of a gym to where uh, it has CrossFit side and then I had a hit training side. Um, and X4, that is what that hit training fitness was called, um, became really popular. So long story short, ultimately about two and a half years later, I was like, well, you know, might as well just create its own entity, um, outside of that umbrella of, uh, under Nexus fitness with the CrossFit and that hit training side together. And yeah, created its own, its own entity. So a standalone location and really professionalized it and came up with a pretty cool concept, um, and then, so we've got one that's in, it's called Mountain Brook, Alabama. And so our next one is going to be launching in June in downtown Birmingham. Uh, so we're really excited about that. 
That's awesome. Okay. So uh, a second location, that's exciting, especially at a time like this. You know, a lot of people aren't in that position right now. So that's, that's exciting. So good for you guys. Okay. And now what is your business model look like? How do you structure things within the facility? Are we doing uh, group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones, open memberships? How does that all work? Yeah. yeah. So I'll go ahead, Ben, on this one. Very good. So um, with what X4 is, we've kind of tried to find, um, you know, what it, what the market needs, um, but really what caters to, um, you know, I think there's extremes in the fitness world. So you have like the one-on-one and then you have maybe like a just a very general overview of kind of group fitness. And, and what Chris has done an amazing job of is kind of getting us off the ground. It's like still having group fitness to honestly build, I think, a, um, a good business model, um, but incorporating uh, lots of touches within the class and just with the training of the coaches that allows for still very much like that personal touch. And there's still that one-on-one -on -one feeling. There's measurable components within the class. So you still feel like you know, you're working towards your own specific goals um, and, and the coach is aware of those. So um, it is group fitness, but, you know, we try to definitely bring in the components of those, um, uh, you know, personal touches, um, you know, to each and every member as they're in there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, group training, but with more of a, a personalized approach. So, Correct. okay, personal, more personalized attention, I guess, is a better way to kind of put that. Uh, okay, and now... Are there any other services that you offer within the facility, whether that be nutrition or accountability, um, anything additionally, as well as the fitness component with the membership? Yeah, with what we have to offer extra is really, I mean, we've got this, it's funny you ask, like we're in the development of trying to create an app um, that could be where you can register for classes, but also um, we want to have it to where there's some trackability for workouts. So um, within our workouts, we do want to have it to where there is a national leaderboard. So as we do expand this franchise um, that we'll be launching later this fall is, you know, having um, just a system to where they can communicate um, all around the nation and hopefully, hey, all around the world. So different things within the workouts, we want to have testers to where, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely something that is repeatable as well. So benchmarks to where um, we can repeat these months later and you can see um, as you're tracking these, you can see your progress. Um, that's one of the main things that we don't wanna have is like something to where it's just, you just come in and there's not a goal. So right. orientation to that is something that's very important um, because we, we do come from, just as Ben was alluding on, is we are trying to be essentially the is the best way to say this is we have we want to be the baby of orange theory and crossfit so we mm -hmm. want to be that middle ground for our methodology um so as you do take an x4 fitness class it's you will see the the dynamics of oh this is a little bit like orange theory you've got you know the group fitness you've got the coach on the mic you've got you know the rotations around the room you've got um you know just uh boutique fitness feel but then you've also got a little bit of a crossfit vibe as well to where we use the words amrap sometimes we do you know a lot of different things methodology wise that you would notice and, and kind of feel from a from a crossfit class so that we just feel like there is a gap in the market and mm -hmm. we want to be that answer to it yeah absolutely okay i like that that it sounds like a fun 
workout. Sounds like a, a cool place to be. So awesome. Now, how many, how many members are you serving within the facility currently? Um, so uh, pre-COVID, the highest numbers we had uh, at, at one of our locations um, was about 270, around 280, somewhere in that range. Um, at our at our two locations now, um, we're at around like 230 to 240. Um, so uh, still doing, you know, very well and cash flowing well, but definitely would love to to get back up to um, those pre-COVID num numbers, as I'm sure probably a lot of people, like you mentioned as well. Um, and capacity-wise for X4, um, and we have the capacity to be easily over 300 members um, in, in, in the studio. So, um, you know, as we continue to grow, definitely like you kind of mentioned, finding the sales cycle that works to, to really maximize the, um, the amount of members that can be in there and, and yeah, maximize business. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So now on the advertising marketing side of things, what does that look like? How are we drawing attention? How are we getting new people to come in the doors? Uh, are we doing any advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google? Uh, what does that all look like? Kind of walk us through that aspect. Yeah. So, um, we've done some different iterations. Um, I don't think Chris has had a lot of experience with this, um, but right now we've found that the organic social and word of mouth is really what, once the gym is up and running, runs really well. Um, what we're developing with our franchises and with just these few locations that we own right now is um, definitely, you know, probably outsourcing a, a launch plan for every new gym um, and having some paid marketing within that, you know, through some Google ads and through some Facebook ads, um, you know, to get name recognition and there's value in that. Um, but then we just haven't seen a ton of, um, I guess, a turnover from a uh, from a paid ad to converted membership standpoint once the gym's up after, you know, 9, 12, 15 months and so on. And it really becomes, do you have good coaches? Do you have good community? Do you have good culture? And kind of, you know, do the members enjoy it? And so um, once we kind of do a successful launch, right, we try to... Um, you know, guarantee that we're opening with a certain amount of members. Once we get from there, we, we, we kind of trust that our business model has allowed for, you know, the community to really be the thing that continues to foster the growth. And we'll still do small little, um, you know, campaigns, but nothing that is, you know, fully dedicated to just paid ads, just because we really see the, the revenue comes from, you know, the, the community and the members um, talking and sharing with other people. So. Okay. And now when you were running paid ads or when you do periodically, uh, what does the offer look like? What is it that is grabbing people's attention and making them want to come in the door? Sometimes people are doing a free class. Sometimes people are running a challenge. Um, so what does that look like for you guys when you do run campaigns? Yeah. I mean, usually within our campaigns, it's, um, it's the, you know, we, we definitely know at the time of when, when the market is hot for gaining membership and what we've seen for the past four years of, of having these gyms is, yeah, I mean, we see April and August is like our biggest, biggest hit. Um, we feel like the January times like, oh yeah, new year, new you, you know, that whole quote. Well, that's typically for what we've seen is for your, you know, your Globo gyms, like a Planet Fitness or like a Gold's Gym or something like that. But um, what we see is, yeah, the, those times. So 
what we do is we just want to make sure that we're capturing the market at that time. So, um, yeah, so we'll have like a deal. So it's, um, either we, yes, we do some stuff that's within our, our, our client base where it's very referral driven, but exterior wise is like, Hey, summer's coming up, you know, we've got, you know, this deal going on. So if you can, um, you know, if you sign up now, if you stay for three months, which is like that bulk of the time for the, you know, previous to summer is like, okay, well, then you're going to get 50% off of your membership or something like that. So, um, so yeah, so we do little stuff like that just to capture just anyone who's got to like hesitant on price a little bit. And we'll really kind of focus on that a little bit. Got it. Okay. Um, I love referrals. I love word of mouth. Those are great because those people come in, they're pretty much bought in already. You know, they're ready to sign up. They know what you do. They're into it. However, the only thing I don't like about word of mouth and referrals is that it's not something you can one rely on or two track. So that's where things get a little bit tough as far as growth goes and kind of getting to the next level. Um, So are you considering kind of really going into other avenues moving forward as far as like the marketing advertising piece goes to have something that's trackable that you can rely on on a monthly basis, especially looking to expand and open other locations and really grow? Is that something that you guys are kind of thinking about or focusing on at all? Yeah, it is. Um, And when we've had really good experience actually with having um, we outsourcing our marketing and our paid ads. And um, that was really, I think, one of the biggest components of our success early on. Um, And it's just now as we are transferring to, you know, a franchise model and really trying to put more focus into that, um, we're, you know, wanting to see basically, you know, as business owners, you know, where is our dollar going to be the most maximized, right? Um, And so in these gyms that have been open for four years now, right, um, they they have, you know, consistent numbers. Our attrition is less than 1%. And so from here on out, right, it's a lot. And they're in strong knit communities. So getting those people in um, happens very often, like you said, from word of mouth, even though it's not as trackable. Um, And now, you know, we're in the process, though, of, of what can we take from our experience of owning the gyms and deliver to franchisees as like, hey, this is the best practice for you to, like you said, track and run your numbers and your marketing and your paid ads, because there is a good blend, we believe, you know, it's, you definitely need uh, to, to outsource some of that so you can focus on the community and the culture and the referrals, kind of like we mentioned, um, but, you know, still trying to just to figure out what is the perfect blend, because you don't want to pay a massive retainer fee, but then only be getting, you know, maybe 30% of the value. And so that's something we're working through right now. I think we've been on both ends of the spectrum with having done a ton of paid ads and not seeing a ton of results and just in terms, but then also having none of it and seeing that it is valuable. Um, So right now we're in that middle ground and trying to find the perfect marriage between those two. Um, Cause like you said, I think there's value in both for, you know, different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, you want to make sure you're getting three to one returns at least on your ad spend, you know, and it's like, you don't want to be just throwing money out there and not getting anything back. (laughs) Right. Um, So yeah, that definitely is uh, important there, you know, making sure you're targeting correctly, making sure your copy is written properly, making sure that your ads are actually converting. Um, But one of, in my opinion, one of the most useful skills you can learn or or know how to do as a business owner because that's how you feed the business you know it's like at any time if you need to turn it on you can if you want to turn it off scale it back you can't you know so um 
Now, let's see, as far as your sales process goes, so once somebody does come in, they are interested, what does that look like? Are they typically signing up on day one? Um, are they taking a time, a trial period, or how does that all work? Kind of walk us through your sales process. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> day one, uh, we, we thought we had this great idea to try to try five free classes, you know, because we wanted to hit this hit the market in such a way to where it was um, the barrier of entry was was very was very light, you know, so having you try out some classes, oh, they're going to gravitate to this, they're going to just love it. And then they're going to, you know, we're going to hit them with that $179 per month at the end of that fifth class. Well, what we ran into was man, people are a lot smarter than we were and they tried out four classes and, you know, we didn't, we didn't have the sale right after the class and okay, so we can't, we look forward to seeing you on your fifth one. Well, they just vanished. So then we did not have them come back for their fifth class and like, okay, we've got to just rechain. We got to change this up. So, um, so then we thought about, okay, maybe three classes. Nope. We're going to do one class. They come in and try the free class and we have it to where within our CRM, it's within our website, it's built within, and then they can just register for the classes um, through, the, through that. And so they come in, we know that they're a, 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 you know, a first time trial person. And ultimately we have someone at the front desk that knows exactly who that person is. They come in, try out the class, they have a blast. And then af after that, um, we, we give them the sales pitch and let them know what options that we have to offer for membership. And uh, man, I tell you what, our conversion rate skyrocketed. <laughs> so it's, uh, it was not allowing them to have four, four more classes. It was just that one create, create a great experience and then capitalize on that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's interesting that you say that because a lot of times, you know, I never, when I was in my facility, I never offered anything for free just because I had in the past. And that's kind of what I found, you know, it was like people would come in, they would take those free classes and then they would just vanish and you'd never see them again. Um, and that comes up a lot of times, you know, when you have like a low barrier offer on the front end, because people just use it as an opportunity to just either come in, just try it out, like see if they like it. Or I like to say like gym hoppers, you know, people do trials yeah. at all different gyms and never really actually commit right. to one. Um, so I like having, you know, just the one class and then it's like, okay, you're either signing up or you're not. It's less to keep track of too on your end, you know, mm -hmm. if you don't have to keep track of five classes that they're taking. Um, and yeah, I can definitely see why the conversion rate would go up there. Now, on average, how many new members are you getting per month right now? Yeah, so um, definitely varies a slight bit, kind of as Chris mentioned, with the, the ebbs and the flows of the year. I will say whenever we implemented our new sales process that Chris just talked about, we gained 79 members in one month. Um, so that was... We knew it worked after that, right? That, that was very obvious evidence. Um, and so I would say a normal month for us is gaining anywhere from about like 15 to 30 members. Um, I'd say that lower number, you know, kind of during the summer months, especially. Um, and then maybe slightly higher just in the beginning of the year, you know, kind of traditional. But then especially in April and as you said in August, um, we'll see upwards of 25 to 40 people signing up per month. Um, 
you know, and of course th their motivations may be short term, but you know, I guess that's when it's, you know, on your coaches and community to, to keep them there after that. Um, right. But yeah, normally averaging about 15 to 30 signing up per month and then the goal is just to, to retain. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Those are, those are good numbers. Now, um, as far as key challenges or bottlenecks within the business, I always like to ask about these things just because they're super valuable to the listeners. So are there any key challenges or bottlenecks that you are facing in the business right now that are really kind of top of mind for you guys? Um, goodness, where do we start? Um, you know, I think it's always good to be trying to improve. Chris is really good about that. He always is, is having ideas, just texting me sporadically, um, which is good. Uh, but I'd say some of the main issues right now, honestly, is coaching quality. Um, I think the hiring process, and I think that's probably just evident in most businesses at the moment now. Um, but you know, the thing about the fitness industry is that if you know, if that one coach isn't, you know, good, if you have a bad registered person at a, at a, restaurant it's it may not you know change the operation too much or the flow but you know training and then all, honestly just putting someone in the spotlight in front of 24 people on a mic you know that that quality has to be high um and so figuring out the way of of, of selecting those people and then training them um and then ensuring that ultimately um kind of chris's motto is you know love on people well um you know it making sure that that is First and foremost, we found that to be tough, you know, um, just because we're picky with who we hire. Um, and then in terms of just the product that we have, um, I think, you know, not being locked down, I think COVID gave the people who had the ability to be creative a chance to, you know, change their model a little bit and be able to kind of like ebb and flow with, with, their, with their services. And so we're even playing around with, you know, maybe instead of an hour long class, if people's schedules, it's a little more fluid, but also a little more hectic. Maybe we have a 30 minute class, right? Where it's kind of an accelerated version where you come in, you knock it out, you get your best bang for your buck, right? But then you can get out on your day as well. Um, and so I think, and I don't know if that's necessarily a challenge. I think it's an opportunity, you know, um, to, to be open-minded to, hey, let's not just assume that this is, a, you know, the one way, you know, fits, uh, fits all type model, but let's see if we can, you know, fit the market and, and provide something that's not out there. Um, so mm -hmm. something that we're just continually thinking about. Okay. All right. Anything, anything else you'd like to add there, Chris? Yeah, I would just want to echo that. I mean, it's really just the, yeah, I mean, it's the quality of coaching. It's just incredibly difficult mm -hmm. to find um, someone who is energetic, someone who has the knowledge of, of movement. Um, and yeah, so, yeah, I mean, in this industry, um, you know, one of the biggest things as we do launch this franchise is like, we want to make sure we're not bottlenecked from each franchisee that we offer. So um, one of the things that we have noticed in the past of talking to different um just different people that have mentored me just with how do you launch a, launch a franchise? How do you make sure that you're successful is, man, it's all about who that person is in front of them on a consistent basis and making sure as you do launch your, launch a franchise, you're not going to have someone that's, that's, that's from Birmingham, Alabama, that is like, Oh man, great idea. How can I invest in one of these and launch one in Denver, Colorado? And 
that person not being there on site and not not really like what to Ben what Ben said is like loving people well like they want to come in they come because yes like you offer a great product but also like hey I'm 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 really desiring inherently community and that's what everyone is searching for is as as hard headed as they are they're searching to be loved and they're search, searching to be known and they they desire community and that's what, that really the baseline of like everything that we do and so what we did is we we structured within our franchise document is you know we want to make sure as we do launch these if you're not going to be on site you're going to have someone on site who has some equity in the company so they will have like a gm that would be at least five percent owner and they will be there and that is their baby so either they're coaching or if they're you know have percentage in the company they're going to be there and they're going to really make sure that they're focusing on the details that are very necessary and most of those details are like i said loving the members well um, so that's something that we really want to focus on is, is that because that's the success. If you launch, launch these things in all cities and no owner or nobody that has equity in that company is there on site, it's going to be very difficult to maintain quality control. So. Yes, absolutely. I like that. That's actually opposite of what you usually hear within a franchise. You know, most of them right. are sold <laughs> as absentee owner franchises and a lot of them run into situations where the quality isn't there, you know, because nobody cares about your business more than you do at the end of the day. And it's really hard to find people who are bought in and invested and actually will hold that quality when you're not there. So I like that. And it totally. makes complete sense. And, you know, it's a great idea to have a, a general manager who is, you know, 5% owner or, or something to that extent so that they are more bought in so that they do care more and that the quality stays up. So I like that a lot. Um, now, obviously in the midst of franchising right now, but what are your main goals, main focuses within the business for this year? Where are you directing most of your attention? Uh, and where would you like to be by the end of 2022? Yeah, um, for the goals of 2022 is, man, I tell you, it's, it's definitely um, the processes. Me and Ben, you know, had a meeting yesterday and, um, and he's, I'm like, I love to be around people. I love to, you know, yes, founder, I guess, concept of this, but like Ben is like the guru of operations and he keeps my scatterbrained, you know, Jack Russell Terrier mindset on a track. That's, <laughs> that's, that's good to, to be able to, for the success of the business. And um, I'm like the most extroverted person ever. I'm like, I don't like the nitty gritty of this. So Ben, ben takes care of it. Um, so he might, he might echo a lot of what I'm saying, and you can take this over after I'm done, Ben, because you probably got some more to say, but um, really, we want to make sure that the processes are there. We want to make sure that we've perfected the quality. Um, ben, ben can 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 uh, attest to this as well. It's like, hey, like, why is on this screen that that we have presented for every workout, there's something that's misspelled or the, the commas in the wrong position or colon in the wrong position. And I'm like a stickler of that. And he's like, it's okay. I was like, yeah, but we, 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 we need to strive for perfection. And um, so process is being established. Um, I want, whenever we get a call from our first franchisee for us to know exactly um, the processes and like making sure it's an easy transition or an easy opening 
um, for each of these franchisees. Because as we do scale, that's what's going to allow us to scale at the at the pace that we want to with the quality that we want. Um, but what we don't want to do is we don't want to do this too fast. So you're asking for goals by the end of 20, 2022. I would be comfortable with two to maybe four um, that start, not opening by 2022, but we're, we're going through the process of probably like a six month lead time from um, signature to opening. Um, and we want to make sure that by the end of this year, yes, potentially four would be great, but um, we want to make sure that this is someone that, that wants to start these. The first ones are the key. And if, if you completely knock these out of the park, and we're going to learn a lot from these first four too, of, you know, just understanding what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. But yeah, just making sure like, as we do these first four, it's people that we trust that we know that are going to be there on site um, and they can launch the right way. So if Ben wants to add any more to that. Yeah, no, uh, we, we are opening up that location, as we mentioned, in June. And so I think we want to, you know, apply to the business owners that are listening, who, you know, again, maybe have just one or two locations, like still fully diving in and like not trying to take a step back too much to where it's only thinking big picture and then losing all the details, like as Chris mentioned. So, uh, you know, with the franchising, of course, we still need to to see it you know, and we're still going to be running and, and making sure that, you know, this is the perfect model um, with this new location opening up in June and really find you know using that to fine tune anything else um that we're going to kind of you know be able to give to franchisees down the road so yeah kind of a two-part right there yeah absolutely getting the right systems in place from the start to make sure that you're setting yourselves up for success for now and down the line as you start to open more locations awesome right. all right and now one thing that i always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice and obviously you each can go here, maybe different pieces of advice from each of you uh, for somebody who is considering doing their own thing, opening up their own facility, uh, kind of going their own way, what would that be? Um, or just the biggest kind of lesson or biggest thing that you've learned over your time being an owner? Let let me speak from personal experience very quickly, and then I'll. And Chris is he can have something in the end. Um, from day one, uh, Chris has continually invested in me, and uh, we are now in a very good uh, partnership and just friendship in general. And I had no intention necessarily of of where we'd at be now, and he didn't either when we first met. So I think if there was any word of advice from being on the receiving end of it, it's like if there's someone who, you know, you have even a, a glimpse of, hey, maybe this is going to work out, like investing in them um, through not just pay, but time and, and, you know, really just caring. Um, you know, I think if you can find a, a, a superstar employee and then, you know, create that relationship and allow it to build from there, um, it's worked for us at least, right? And, and I think uh, investing in people is never a bad, a bad thing if they're the right one. So, whether it's a full-time staff member instead of just part-time coaches, you know, or delegating some roles or, you know, just paying someone more so that way they can take some off of your plate so you can focus on the other things. I mean, Chris has done a wonderful job of that. And so speaking on the back end of that, you know, it's been great for me now. And you know, I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons that we're, you know, where we're at now, but you may have something to add, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was very lucky that Ben walked into my office that day and apparently just before he uh, he came in, he had just failed his insurance exam <laughs> by one point. And I'm so thankful that yep. he failed that insurance exam before I hired him. Um, but yeah, he's he's been a huge, huge blessing just uh, to the business. And that's the that's the reason why 
you know, I'm doing this venture with him. And uh, yeah, so I would say, yeah, to echo that delegation um, for sure. Too many, too many business owners, too many gym owners out there trying to do everything and doing everything at 60%. Um, so really just making sure, find that right person, delegation, um, because that's what's going to allow scalability. Um, I would say another thing, uh, form of advice is just making sure that you have, what, what is your gap in the market that you're fixing? You know, there's, there's always something, there's a problem that's entrepreneurship, find the problem and how can I, how can I fix it and present it to the public? And um, yeah, I think that, I think that we hit, we hit the right gap. I mean, I think CrossFit's been around for a while and maybe it's, you know, from either bad programming or just bad movement um, that's not being monitored. Maybe it's injuries to where now X4 could be, could be that option for you. Um, maybe I'm really just bored with um, the monotony of the gym that I'm going to for HIIT training. And it's, if it's, you know, Orange Theory or if it's F45 or if it's any other um, uh, mainstream exercise. And, you know, I think that we are that option for you. If you want more variation, X4 is, is a, is a great option for you. So finding that gap in the market and making sure you capitalize on it with a professionality and, um, something that, that is just, it's different. It's a different dynamic and it's, and it really allows people to gravitate to and to hold on to. So, yeah. Absolutely. And that first point that you made there, you know, about delegating tasks and having somebody there to help you out is so important. And that, and that's something that's really hard to do as a business owner. And that's, you know, that's why a lot of business owners get into the situation where they are trying to do everything and they can only do everything at 60%. So mm. not being afraid to find somebody. And that's also the hard part as well, though, right? Which we talked about earlier is actually finding somebody that is qualified and can do the job. I always say it's a very multifaceted job. You know, it's not necessarily hard if you have the right skills you know um but it's very multifaceted there are many things that you have to be able to do and pay attention to and uh so if you can find that one person um that helps you kind of balance things out not being afraid to invest in them is huge um and it goes a long way you know a lot of gym owners have part-time trainers who are only there you know, a few hours a day, if that, and they're really right. just not invested. So um, providing somebody with a livelihood, you know, and a, a salary that they can rely on fully by working one job helps with that as well. So that's- uh, Yeah, no doubt. All right. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, so um, we, uh, our Instagram is x4 underscore fit, so x4 fit, um, and then we do have, uh, of course, Instagram uh, accounts for our specific locations, x4 Mountain Brook, x4 New Ideal, and x4 West Homewood, um, and so start to uh, expand and, you know, add them to those. Um, we're on LinkedIn as well, um, and then uh, we have Facebook accounts for our individual studios, and then as the franchisees continue to grow, um, you know, they'll each have their own individual um, sites and accounts. So um, our website will be x4fit.com, which is going to have all details just about, you know, what we offer, but then also it'll have a, uh, a map of all of the X4 locations um, that are existing now and the ones that are coming soon. Each site will have, or each location will have its own website as well that you could access from, from that main site. So um, probably Instagram and website will probably be the two best places to reach us. Perfect. 
All righty. Anything else we'd like to add? Chris, anything from you? Ben, any last thoughts? No, we're just thankful that you that you asked us to do this podcast. This has been fun. So yeah, thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Of course. As you're starting to, to launch something like this and just uh to be um just asked to become on a come on a podcast like this, it's an honor. And yeah, we just appreciate that. Awesome. Yeah, it's a good time for that. Good time for you guys to be on the show. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you. All righty. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Mission Barbell Club in Mission, Kansas, Jay Fleer. How are we doing today? We're doing great. Thanks for having us on here. All right, man. I am excited to have you on. Let's dive right into it. Tell us what, what Mission Barbell Club is all about. So Mission Barbell Club is... Um, it's one of very few uh, CrossFit gyms in Northeast Johnson County, which is sort of the suburb of Kansas City. Um, we all have ended up, we wanted to have it a place where anybody could come in, have a great workout, meet some cool people, um, and just want to come back and, and be here. Awesome, man. We're going to dive into a lot of these logistics of you being a brand new business, not not new to training and CrossFit and and functional fitness, but being a business that just got rolling in January. But before we get there, we got to get some backstory here. You've, uh, you've spent a a good chunk of your life in public service and now we're just doing a different version of it, but give us the history. So, um, a couple days after I turned 21, I started in law enforcement, um, started at a small sheriff's department while I was finishing up college. Um, graduated from school and figured out that um, a bachelor's degree and 698 an hour to be a cop really wasn't a great combination. So uh, moved to, to a larger sheriff's department and then eventually uh, wound up where I spent the last 15 of my 30 year career um, here in Mission, Kansas as a police officer here in Mission. Um, and then retired September 1st of 2021 and hit the ground running trying to get things lined up to open up the mission barbell club we opened uh officially january 3rd of 22. yeah so a couple of big things happened 
um, along that path, right? Had some, some pretty big life changes, um, kind of adopted a fitness habit somewhere around 2014, right? We uh, replaced, a, I think, I think a, a pretty long-term smoking habit with a CrossFit habit and uh, traded a bad addiction for a good one, some might argue. So what, what was that transformation like for you? And, and how did that get the, the ball rolling on all this? Well, so yeah, so I, I stopped, so I smoked for about 20 years. And then uh, when my wife and I got engaged, uh, I realized that I had, you know, my two kids and, and her two kids were all kind of watching me and seeing what I, what I do. And um, I thought, this is not something that I want these kids to be seeing me do anymore. So I uh, gave it up. And then um, and it was pretty much just quit cold turkey and which you know it's, it's tough and so i i kind of understand people going through it but i figured out that it was easier for me to replace that with another addiction <laughs> rather than not have anything going on so so but but it was sort of incremental so it started with i stopped smoking and then i stopped drinking three 32 ounce dr peppers a day Oof. and yeah and yeah, and then yeah, but I can't. I can't even drink one now, so um, a normal sized one. So then I started eating a little cleaner, and I thought, well, I'm doing all these things. Why am I not exercising? Um, I pretty much spent my career as a cop with false advertising. Like I looked like I was in really good shape, but so I started running because that's something that anybody can do. You don't have to spend a lot of money. Um, I couldn't even run a mile without walking at some point when I first started so really false advertising um so I did that through the spring and summer of 2014 and then um and then I they started to get cold and we're in Kansas and you know the weather the winter get kind of chilly um but also I kind of started to get bored and so I thought well let me give this CrossFit gym a shot and walked in and, you know, met really, you know, one of the greatest coaches I've ever had um, right off the bat. He, he taught the on-ramp program. And I just instantly, the first class, I was like, oh, this is it. I, I love this. And so I've just been hooked on it and been doing it ever since, you know, five, six days a week. It's just, it's, it's, I kind of, I'm kind of bitchy if I don't get to exercise. <laughs> Somebody said those exact words to me last night, which is, is really interesting. So you went from that to eventually becoming a coach, right? Right. And then um, my timeline is probably not exact here. So um, become a coach, start thinking about, you know, what, you know, what retirement might look like for you. And then two, two kind of big things happen on one side, pretty, um, pretty intense on the job issue. And then also a good friend of yours mentioning that, Hey, maybe you should get into the CrossFit business. So how did those two things intertwine? Yeah. So, um, in 2019, um, I was involved in a, an officer involved shooting that because of the way it had unfolded over the course of the day, um, there were news cameras set up all over the place and, they actually recorded this gunfight that I was in. Um, and so I had spent my whole life, my whole career sort of hiding 
this underbelly of law enforcement from my family, the things that I didn't want them to see so that when I went to work, they weren't worrying about me. And then this incident that was recorded and then broadcast, in fact, was broadcast on Good Morning America, um, sort of took that away. It sort of took that innocence, if you will, away from my family. And they then saw that this is what happens when, when he goes to work. You know, this is, this is a potential thing. Um, and so, so I think that, and I know that my daughters had talked and they had amongst themselves and never said it to me because I knew I loved being a cop that they would like for me to not be a street cop anymore. Um, and so um, fast forward a couple of years, a uh, year or so, and then the pandemic hit uh, and um, some of the coaches from the gym I've been going to didn't come back, didn't want to come back because they were still, you know, they were still at the beginning when everybody didn't know what was going on, how you could catch it, if you could die immediately or whatever. Um, so I offered to, uh, just step in and, and fill in for like Friday afternoon. So that the guy who owned the gym didn't have to work 14 hours a day, six days a week, which I'm kind of doing now. Sounds familiar. <laughs> but, uh, so, so I did that. And then I, and I loved being a coach. Like as a police officer, I was a trainer, I was a field trainer. Um, I taught a lot of different things in, you know, law enforcement. And so I knew I loved to teach. And then um, I realized I discovered that I really loved to coach. And then, um, so my tattoo guy, I was getting a tattoo after my wife took me on a trip when I was eligible to retire. And um, my tattoo guy and I were talking and he sort of knew some of the other events that had happened throughout my career and pointed out to me that maybe the universe was talking to me because I had it stuck in my head that I couldn't get this thought of owning a gym out of my head. Um, and so, you know, he pointed out that maybe it was, there's a reason why it's there. And it's because maybe the next critical incident that I'm involved in, maybe I wouldn't come out as unscathed as I had for the last 30 years. So um, I told that to my wife and then she, um, was very elated because she never wanted to tell me to stop being a cop, but she was excited that I'd made the decision to stop being a cop after she, you know, she witnessed, you know, probably I would say for a spouse, one of the most awful things to have to say is you know, your husband in a gunfight. But <laughs> yeah. and, and then add in that it, you know, happened, happened across the street from a school is just, there's, there's the potential for disaster in a lot of, a lot of avenues there. So, yeah. So one thing leads to another, you're debating, you know, do you, do you buy a gym that you're, you know, you're already a member of, you're already familiar with. Um, but again, there's pandemic, there's a lot of things going on, different opportunities. And it worked out for you that you, you started doing the math and sitting down and said, well, maybe I can just open my own. Right. So that was, that was the conclusion you ultimately landed on. Yeah, there was and a couple of things really led me to that conclusion. Um, first of all, at that point, um, banks don't care whether there's a pandemic or not. Declining revenue for a business is declining revenue for a business, and they don't care what the reason for that is. So nobody was going to loan me money to buy. I was going. I wanted to buy the gym I'd been working at, and um, but I was, there was no way I was going to get financed for it. 
Um, and then I discovered that it actually was going to be less expensive for me to start my own brand new gym. And I did it, you know, the, you know, with really with the support encouragement from, from the other guy that I've been coaching for. And, uh, you know, Ronnie and I are still good friends. So, um, and we don't really compete with each other because, you know, CrossFit gyms are pretty geographic and we're like, you know, seven miles away from each other. But anyway, uh, and I also knew that I wanted it to be, when I opened my own gym, I wanted it to be in the city of Mission, which is where I spent, you know, 15 years as a cop. And I can still walk down the street into our downtown district, walk into just about any business, and and they know me. Oh, hey, Officer Fleer. Nope, I'm now Mr. Fleer. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool. And I wanted, to, I wanted to bring this, you know, the type of fitness that CrossFit provides. I wanted to bring that to this city. I, thought, I always felt like it was something that we were missing here in Mission. And so I was really excited when I found a place and we got the ball rolling with it. Awesome. So once you made that decision, uh, what kind of things factored in, you know, where are you going to put it? I know it had to be in Mission, um, commercial versus, you know, warehouse, retail, uh, size, what were the things that were key to you in figuring out where you're going to put it, what you want to have, you know, for your initial go at this? Because I think um, no matter whether we realize it or not, when, when we start, it's, it's usually, all right, this is what I'm going to start in. Probably not, not what I'm going to finish, but what were the key elements for you, um, you know, must-haves, non-negotiables, and and how did that come together to, to get to the spot where you're at? Yeah. So I, I obviously knew I needed a big enough square footage, uh, which in, in the city of mission, there's not a lot of options. Um, you know, the, a lot of the downtown area is just small little shops. Like there's a coffee shop across the street from us. And, and, and actually because of development, and um, the way things are, are unfolding here in the city, if I was actually uh, had storefront on the, the main street, which Johnson Drive is like the main street, um, it would be probably about twice the rent. So I needed to be someplace affordable, big enough for me to have a decent sized gym, um, but I also wanted to be visible. So while I technically don't have frontage on the main drag here in town, you can literally look across a creek and see it from driving down the main drag. So it's so I, I have visual frontage, but I don't have drive up frontage. So that was that was part of it. I wanted to be visible um, and affordable. Yeah. So you didn't go run out and try to rent the the Taj Mahal. Try to hey, there's an old car dealership on the main strip, and it's. $10,000 a month and 30,000 square feet, you had some parameters to work with. So you got close, you know, stone's throw from downtown, some visibility, parking. What about size? What were your, you know, what, where did you feel like you needed to be as far as square footage? What was your allowable range? What did, what did you end up on, um, you know, with, with your projections of how you wanted to start? Yeah. So I was, I was looking for um, the place that I was looking at that were kind of in my price range. Um, we're going to be two to about 4,000 square feet. And um, 
what I what I found was just right at about 2,000 square feet, and um, so it it took a little bit of uh, work to try to make everything fit and work well, but but it does work pretty well. Um, you know, we we have you know the, the and some of the considerations is I wanted ceilings to be high enough that I could you know make sure we could do wall balls and have ropes and and the sort sorts of things that we need and that we love to do in CrossFit. Um, so that was kind of a challenge in a in a town that was built largely in the 50s and 60s. So um, so this spot turned out to be pretty much ideal for us. So you get your your starter location going, um, you know, around 2,000 square feet. Did you sit down and do do math projections like, hey, in this space, I'll be able to accommodate my first 100, 150 clients, and this is my timeline, and this is how long makes sense to have my lease and, and things like that, or you just go, you know, shoot for the hip and I got a good spot and we'll see what happens. <laughs> it was a little of both. Um, my wife is probably the best business partner that I, anybody could hope to have because she, um, she has a, she's an accountant. So she's got that, that mind for business and, um, and understands, you know, what our break even point would be and, and was, is really good at putting <laughs> these projections, putting these projections together, which is what we did which is what she did. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm kind of shooting from the hip and saying, this is big enough that I could have 10 people in the class pretty easily as long as I have the rig bolted to the wall and it can't be freestanding. So I had to do some, I had to do some planning in that where I you know, measured everything out and sort of did some drew drawings so that I knew how big things were going to be and how much space I would have and how much room I would have to work. Figuring out on a daily basis what the uh, gym equipment Tetris game is going to look like. <laughs> That's exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. You can't pull the rowers out here today because we're dropping barbells there. So That's it. You, you, get, you get a little extra workout that you don't bargain for when you realize that in a, small, a, a smaller space or a space that gets busy, um, you might be rearranging things four or five, six days out of the week. and. Yeah, you know, there's, it's just a moving lot, you know, it's just that old, you know, do some work, pick things up and put them down, but it's great. So you got the plan, you buy the equipment, right? It's, it's field of dreams time. If you build it, they will come, except generally you need some people to know about it. So what do you do to start getting some buzz up, to start getting some bodies in the door to come and come and work out? Um, so early on, I, you know, well, throughout my the last five years or so that I was in police work, I was I was the community policing officer for for our city. So I developed a lot of relationships in town. Um, I had made social media friends with a lot of people here in town and in the area, and so I did a lot of posting of okay, today we received a shipment, and this is what our uh, our rig looks like unassembled you know and so so I was as I was building this place out I was I was just pushing all that out there and um so I used some of the influence that I had you know as the community policing guy to 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 spread the word um 
and I've always been very much a people person. Like I've never met a stranger. Um, <laughs> you know, and I love it. That's I a love to Will talk. Rogers line, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll talk to anybody. I, I, yeah, immediately one of the first things we did when we hired, we did hire a, um, marketing firm, which I would say, particularly somebody who's starting out in a market that's got, even though I don't compete specifically for the same athletes as they do at the big Globo gym, Mm -hmm. um, there is competition because people don't know what they don't know. And so the people who go there, I think would be more likely that I could take them from that gym than that gym could take them from me, most likely. Um, so, so as far as marketing, I think it was money well spent to have, uh, you know, a really cool logo created. Um, and then we actually took the same color scheme that they used in the logo creation. And we painted, we've got this 18 foot garage door and we painted it that same kind of orange color and, and painted our logo on it. So anybody driving the streets like, Oh, mission barbell, that's pretty cool. So anyway, um, they helped us quite a bit with, with getting the word out and gave us some good pointers on, on um, our social media presence. There's a couple of organizations that do webinars um, here in Kansas City to help small businesses. So I watched some of the webinars with social media and marketing. Um, and then, you know, my wife just put together a pretty, what I think is a pretty amazing website. Um, if you check it out, it's, she did a really, really nice job on it. I, I will agree. It looks uh, it looks like you paid one of the uh, the very many CrossFit and fitness gym website companies uh, to build it, and, and maybe did a better job than if I if I had to say probably all all but the the big you know five ten thousand dollar. There's some you know there there's some heavy hitters in the game like uh, you know the big global gyms. They can afford yeah. every bell and whistle, but no, it's. Right. it's a, it's important too. It makes you look like a legitimate business because to a certain degree, you're going to get people that see you on social media or Google you. And while you don't need all the glitz and glamor that LA fitness may have, it is nice to, to convey a professional clear message. So yeah, I think, um, you know, that's one of those things I always, I, uh, I do my research before shows and it's, it's very clear. This is what you have to do to start up. You're one of these guys who, you you know, you're not pulling punches. Your prices are out there. Like if people are going to reach out to you, you're not hiding behind anything. Hey, this is what we got. Come in. We'll show you a good time. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we'll just, you know, show you a hard time somewhere in between. Yeah. This is what we're, what it costs. We're worth it. If you want to join the tribe before a good fit, cool. It doesn't, there's not a lot of, uh, doesn't look like a lot of gimmicky sales. There's not a lot of stuff going on there other than just, this is who we are very clearly. If you resonate with this, you should probably call. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And, and that was one of the things that um, a gym that I'd gone to years ago um, used to frustrate me that they had this kind of convoluted discounting options. And so if you were, these people, you got this price, but you couldn't talk about it. If you were those people, you got a different price, but you couldn't talk about it. And so we wanted to have our price point to be um, everybody's, nobody is more important just because of a job that they do or, or what have you. Now, obviously we both, we've been students, so we know that 
students are going to get a discount because they're poor. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you're spending money, you're not making money. So, so we give student discount and we give a household discount. But other than that, we wanted to set our price at a point that was very competitive, if not better than most of the other CrossFit gyms in the city. Um, and that way, when people say, well, can I get a discount? Yeah, you already get one. You already are. Way yeah. cheaper than that gym or the other gym. Um, and so, uh, so that was that was important to me, just just to have that um, transparency in the pricing. Um, I thought that was. I think that's huge. I think it's that 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 can make people, you know, frustrate people about it if you don't have it. Makes things so much simpler for you too to explain. You don't have to. Hey, are you military? No. Are you law enforcement? Are you paramedic, EMT, teacher, doctor? You know, does your last name start with Q? There, you know, whatever, whatever it is. You know, were you born under the full moon of Sagittarius? Like, who the heck knows? And for you, you can stand there, and I think in a little bit different light to say, like, hey, like I appreciate that you're a police officer, that you're X, Y, Z. I was too, and you know, I think we should all be treated fairly, you know, mm -hmm. we're all contributing to the community, hopefully in one way or another. So um, I like the level playing field. I think it simplifies things on both sides. And, and generally speaking, um, you know, people will say like, well, my XYZ appreciate the discount. I'm like, well, heck yeah, everybody's going to appreciate a discount. If I walk in and you say, hey, today's a special for people named Dom, I'm going to take it. I'm going to say <laughs> thank you. But it right. that's probably not why I showed up. And if I understand what the value is and what the service is. So it's, it's I think sometimes can lead to a, a kind of false belief because people do appreciate it. I mean, if, if you go in and somebody says, you know, they still call you Officer Fleer and they give you a discount on something like, you know, it's like, hey, I appreciate it. I wasn't looking for it. But if I'm not going to, you know, maybe you turn it down. Maybe you don't. I don't know. But in general, like, the gesture is appreciated. Doesn't mean that right. that's why you want to have a relationship with a business. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And and so yeah. So now though, I can just say, hey, listen, I'm on a fixed income. <laughs> yeah. So right. I'll take whatever you give me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and there are, you know, I, I guess there, there's different ways to look at it. And like some of these professions that get discounts sometimes tend to be higher paid professions in the community too. So it's like, well, you know, I appreciate that you're a nurse, but, but, you know, Bob who delivers pizzas and just trying to make ends meet some pizza delivers make a lot of money, but you know, like maybe he's got a little tougher here. So it, there's just all those conversations you don't ever have to have. Yeah. I think it's, is, I think it's super important. Is amazing. So, yeah. So you're here. Do you mind if we talk about the the client, the amount of clients that you have so far? Is that something you're comfortable with? Yeah, we talk. Yeah. Cool, man. So you opened January 3rd. You're in a, a small-ish town, you know, 10,000 or so people. And you get the surrounding area. You're not, you're not in the middle of Podunkville, but, you know, you're not in a big city. And you're, you know, doing most of the work. You've got a coach that helps you and a wife who does a lot of the back office. But like, you're up around 50 or so clients already in just a couple months, which is, that takes some people years to get to. So that's not without its drawbacks. Um, but the, where you are now, 
you hit this quick peak and now you're seeing some steady progress. What do you feel like that's going to look like for you as far as, you know, experiencing growing pains, learning as you go? Um, you know, where's that? Has there already been that point of relief? Like, all right, we're here. So revenue makes me feel a little bit comfortable. Like what are those, what do those milestones look like for you? Yeah. Um, well, because we, because we grew pretty quickly. And so some of the classes obviously aren't very well attended and other classes are very well attended. So that's given me that steady growth has given me the option to sort of predict some of the problems. Again, with a smaller space, there's going to be some problems. We're going to have traffic jams or next to the door trying to get out for running or what have you. Um, so that's, that's been, I think it's been a good thing that we're, we did have a good explosion, but then it's been a steady increase. Um, so that's been, that's been a good thing. I, I would like to see this growth continue. Um, we hit, so we were open all month, almost the entire month of January, all month of February. And then March, we generated enough revenue to pay our rent, which was, it was a big deal. You know, yeah. because really the operating costs, the month to month operating costs outside of the building rent for a CrossFit gym is not that much. You know, we got water and, you know, some utilities and, and, you know, everything else is iron well covered for the year. So, so that was a big deal when we hit that point. And um, I would like to, to see it continue to grow. I, I would, I'm looking for hopefully by the end of the year, we're going to be up around, um, a hundred people, my daughter just walked in the door. So, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, right. I look to be around a hundred people. I would like to be by the end of the year. Um, and that's going to give us, it's going to require that everybody reserve their spot in a class. Um, but I think that also gives some structure and it gives everybody the ability to, um, to plan their, to plan their attendance, right? It kind of, kind of puts it on them to make sure that they plan ahead of time and not just show up and, and you know certainly sometimes it would be okay to just show up and we can figure something out most of the time anyway but you know if i if i say i cut the class at 10 and i've got 18 people that showed up um I, i'm probably not gonna be able to pull that off but but i can do a little bit of magic yeah but if somebody's sitting on there you know sitting on the couch at 4 p.m and they're like you know do i go to five or do i go to six and they look and they say well six is looking pretty full but if i get my butt in gear i can get to the five o'clock class and at least it sorts itself out a little bit if yeah, i think people, so if yeah. people get if they have that choice not everybody has that flexibility and the yeah. nature of our business is early mornings and evenings tend to be tend to be busier but right now um i have to be careful how i word this but you're doing majority of the coaching so you have the flexibility to where if you want to try to add a class, your financial risk is pretty low. Not that your time isn't valuable, but if you right. say, well, I'm going to try to add a 9 a.m. class for, or 10 a.m. class, you give it a go for, you know, a couple of weeks or a month. And if it works, then it's worth you showing up. And if it's not, you haven't, you haven't hired somebody that you have to up train and pay some payroll and all that stuff. So you get that flexibility as you grow provided it's kind of this this same trajectory for now you're not 
thrown into the fire for any decisions. Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. That. And and sometimes you know, um, if I don't have anybody sign up for open gym, um, I know that I can go home and take a shower or let the dogs out or you know whatever it is that I need to do for you know 15 minutes, and then I can get back in here. So that's nice. But yeah. Um, you know, we we looked at uh, putting some uh, CrossFit Kids programs on the board for the summertime. So, so, so it is good to to have that flexibility. I love that about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, you know, as you as you do continue to grow, and I know that you're you're not in a hurry. You're taking it. You know, you you want to grow smartly, not quickly. Um, is there an end goal for you? Is it just let it grow to be whatever it is? Do you think that you'll ever go for that, that bigger, better space? Is it, let's see whatever we can fill up here. Do you, what do you, when your head hits the pillow, if you think about the gym and where it goes, you know, how, how far does the mind wander? I mean, right now, um, I just need for it to pay for itself. It's kind of like my, you know, I would love for it to, to turn a profit, but I just need for it to pay for itself because I got a pension. You know, we do, we do fine. Um, I would like to grow it. And um, the building that I'm in actually has three segments. And, and I would really like for us to, to grow so that I can take over at least one of the other segments of, of the building. And it's got a big garage door too. So we can have like this kind of racetrack where we could run in circles or um, whatever it is in circle. Um, and, and I would, I would love to do that. Um, you know, that would probably require that we have about 200 people, which that would be a big endeavor. And I think that would then, that would have us in a position where I'm going to have to hire some more people to, to kind of help run stuff. But, um, you know, I, I think we're going to be here for at least the next three years and, if we outgrow the space, if I start to see at the end, you know, you know, a year and a half or so down the road, if it's apparent to me that we're going to outgrow the space and um, I'm not sure that the other space here is available, then I may have to find somewhere else here in town to, that'll accommodate us as on a larger scale. I'm not opposed to it, but I also really like the fact that I can, you know, walk into any class, whether I'm coaching it or not. And I know everybody in there. I, I really like that personal touch that I'm allowed to have because of the, the smaller gym. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So last, last thing we're going to have time to dive into here. Um, I don't know if I'd quite call it philosophical, but it's a little bit more personal development, personal slash professional. As you do grow, you know, organically, let it, letting it come to you. Um, you said you may have to hire some people you know, managing, you know, staffing, things like that. Those are additional skill sets, you know, things that you have to put into the tool belt. Are, are there any things that stand out for you that you're like, well, as I continue to grow, I'm going to need to get better at X, Y, Z, um, anything that's on your radar. I mean, um, I know in, in the CrossFit world, we all love to get tons of coaching certifications, which are great, but are, are there any other things for you like, as you grow and develop as a business owner that you feel like you're going to have to do at some point to really um, level up, move the needle, all those cliches. Yeah. I think probably at some point I'm going to have to, I think step back a little bit from the coaching and be a little bit more of a gym manager. 
um, and you know maybe find some folks that are better able to to coach and teach some of the things that maybe I can't do. Like you know right now I, you know I'm still in the process of of, of develop my developing my skills as, to do muscle ups. Well, um, we may be at a point where where our athletes here that's what they really want to do, and it would be pretty tough for me to teach it. I can teach it. I can't do it. And so I feel like in order to, to really have that credibility, I need to have some folks in place that can do all these things and are, are you know, somebody who's maybe um, better trained in Olympic lifts. Um, you know, certainly I do pretty well, but it would be great if we had somebody who could do really, really well. Somebody who's got that um, Olympic lift coach certification from, um, USAW or something beyond what I've got. So in, in typical CrossFit uh, servant leader fashion, um, it sounds like the things that are, are biggest on, on top of mind for you is how can I do more for my clients? How can I serve them more? How can I give them more? How can I make this a better place for them? Is that Does that sound accurate to you? That, that's completely accurate. So um, years ago when I first started police work, um, my very first boss, um, had pulled me in like the very first day that I started. And he said that, um, our most important job as people is to take care of other people. And, and that really stuck with me throughout my entire career. And I really have tried to live my whole life that way. And now I'm just taking care of people, but I'm doing it in a different way. And so, you know, it may be the best way to take care of somebody is to find somebody who can do it better and let them do what they do. So I think that's important. Best thing we can do as people is take care of other people. I think yeah. that would that make a really good, uh, good mantra, a good thing to put on a sticky note on my, on my computer. I don't know. I like that. I haven't heard it put that way before, but that, that seriously resonates. It kind of, it encompasses a lot of different things that you can think about pretty, pretty succinctly. Yeah. Yeah. Like we always tell our coaches or we always tell our athletes to check your ego at the door. And as a coach or a business owner, I think we have to be willing to do the same thing. Yeah. If that's what's going to serve our people the best. If, if we don't humble ourselves, something else will humble us at some point. <laughs> Fact. For sure. All right, man, we are officially out of time here, but I do want, before we, before we let you go, um, give us that, the web address, website, social media, all the links, anywhere people can check you out, check out Mission Barbell Club. Yeah, so our website is missionbarbell.com and our, so our uh, Instagram and Facebook is Mission Barbell Club. So, um, Give us a look. Give us a follow um, whenever you're in Kansas City. Because, you know, the thing is, Mission's only 20 minutes from anywhere in the Kansas City metro. So, you know, even if you live somewhere that's not close, stop by, give us a give us a go, and, uh, you know, drop in, do a workout, and you're probably going to come back. <laughs> Fantastic. If you're in the Kansas City area, check out Jay. Check out Mission Barbell Club. Sir, it's been a pleasure having you on. I appreciate your time. I wish you continued success, and, and I'll be checking in on you. Okay, thanks, Dal. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. To everyone out there listening, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you. 
We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.